Welcome to the Buff Show, 94.9 FM and 950 The Answer Orlando. Matt Buff, your host. Great to be with you on this Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday here in the Liam Fitzpatrick studio. Check out thebuffshow.com for all show information, including past interviews, podcasts, videos, quick hits, t-shirts that say let's go Brandon and much, much more. And also our special Buff Show commentator, David Pollack, not just politics, with a new article on there about Joe Biden on the news page you do not want to miss, so make sure to check that out. Lots of things happening on thebuffshow.com and around our country. Deliberations for two weeks in the Kyle Rittenhouse self-defense trial up in Kenosha, Wisconsin, a blue-collar town, a peaceful town, until Jacob Blake decided to pull out a knife, threaten his girlfriend, threaten to kidnap the kid, so she called the cops. The police show up. The police show up to take him into custody, and he waves a knife at him, and he gets shot for threatening to slice up the police officers. Well, a rush to judgment happens in the media. A rush to judgment happens uh, on the streets of Wisconsin. Out come the crazy lunatics, and they start to burn down the city. A young man named Kyle Rittenhouse, 17 years old at the time, brings his AR-15 along with a bunch of other people that want to protect the city, protect businesses, help, give help to people. And he legally carries around and open carries his AR-15, which is legal to do in Wisconsin. Why it took the judge to the last day of the trial to knock that charge out, had six charges. One of the charges was carrying around a dangerous firearm. It took him six days. So all throughout the trial, you have the state talking about how he's carrying around an illegal dangerous firearm took him to the last day to throw that out that's why the jury today in their hours and hours long deliberation asked for the instructions to the jury to be printed out for all 11 copies they had they had one copy so they wanted 11 more copies and they wanted to highlight and and specify the self-defense portion of that anyway he's there talking medic, 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 help, 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 medical, 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 friendly, friendly, friendly. And he gets jumped by two guys with vast criminal records. You've heard about Joseph Rosenbaum, 12 years in jail for child molestation charges, and that's the ones we know about? All based on a rush to judgment of Jacob Blake, when it turns out Blake has recently said, yes, I had a knife to the police. Well, he sure got his. He's not dead, but he's paralyzed. No more raping women. So now we have a case where the prosec- where the prosecution, the state, Banger, the assistant DA who has big dreams and aspirations to do something else in his life, makes up stuff, slanders Kyle Rittenhouse, calls all these protesters who are rioters and burning down the city, setting things on fire, and cussing at Kyle Rittenhouse threatened to kill Kyle Rittenhouse, wanted to kick him in the head, hit him with a skateboard, and they call them heroes? Unbelievable. And the media's absolute rush to judgment on this has been horrific. Just like they rushed to judgment with Jacob Blake, they rushed to judgment against Kyle Rittenhouse, and they vilify this man in the public domain. Joe Biden starts it all off in August of last year on the campaign trail saying Kyle Rittenhouse is a white supremacist. LeBron James talks about his crying. He cried on the stand in a very emotional set of testimony. They had to take a break to gather himself and get him calmed down so he can answer the questions. But liberals like Joy Behar and Joy Reid, two people named Joy that are the most vile people towards conservatives towards people they hate joy and joy are blasting this kid white supremacist this white privilege that fake this and fake that unbelievable stuff acting job of the crying i can't even look at it the worst acting jobs i've ever seen this is white privilege on steroids rittenhouse testified that after he shot all of these people He approached the cops and told them that he'd been involved in a shooting, and the officers told him, 
be careful so that you don't get pepper sprayed. Look, this is white privilege on steroids. The police kindly told him, don't get pepper sprayed and go home. First of all, idiot. Everybody involved in the situation was white. The police were given a stand down order and they had a police line when Kyle Rittenhouse was trying to turn himself into the cops because of what happened. So he can make sure to get his story out there. He was pepper sprayed and they used expletives to tell him to get out of the way because they didn't want anyone approaching their car. Anyone, not just Kyle Rittenhouse. They had a police line and they told him, get the blank away. And they sprayed him with pepper spray. And the fake, the fake tear, I don't buy this for a minute, says Joy Behar, who doesn't even know what a supply chain is. Okay. Doesn't even have a clue what a supply chain is. Oh, I think it was, I don't listen to this. He was a vigilante, vigilante, absolute vigilante. The media has been relentless in their attacks. Hakeem Jeffries wants to be uh, Speaker of the House. And Hakeem Jeffries is like, throw him under the, under the jail and throw away the key. While well, he's advocated for black rioters and black lives, riot, riot, black lives matter rioters to get out of jail and People who have killed and shot out police advocating for them to get out of jail. Kamala Harris with her Act Blue Fund bailing out writers so they can cause more damage. And people were killed and injured and maimed during the Black Lives Matter rallies of protests and riots of 2020. And everybody wants to ignore that but focus on this kid who was clearly in self-defense and only shot when he had to, had more restraint than most of us would ever have. But the media, you are feeding this awful narrative, and this is libelism. Nicholas Sandman, Kyle Rittenhouse says, hold my beer. Rittenhouse is basically what you would have had in a school shooter. Cross state lines to supposedly protect property? No, he was going out to shoot people. And it's a school shooter going out to shoot people. He had 30 rounds in the chamber, right? If he wanted to go out just to shoot people and be an active shooter or destroy people, he had 30 rounds to do it. There would be a lot more dead people. Instead, we got him getting hit with a skateboard, somebody grabbing his gun, him down on the ground, getting kicked in the head. And the last thing he wants to do is shoot, but he does then. If he was out there going across state lines, not illegal to go from state to state, in Wisconsin, not illegal to carry around an AR-15. It's not. Doing everything he can in his power not to shoot anybody until it's absolutely too late? Gun at his head from Grosskreutz? Kyle Rennes had a gun at his head from Grosskreutz. You can see it on the video in the film. And he was defending himself. And you're telling me he's going around cross state lines just to kill people? Rush to judgment. Not good that a 17-year-old vigilante, arguably a domestic terrorist, picked up a rifle, drove to a different state to shoot people. The vast majority of protests in Kenosha have been peaceful, and the violence has come from an outside Trump supporter, Kyle Rittenhouse, the armed teenage vigilante. Uh, shooting wildly, running around, uh, acting like uh, rent-a-cop. Radicalized by Trumpism, took his AR-15 to Kenosha and became a killer. You believe these guys? Vigilante, Trump supporter. He was radicalized by Donald Trump. Trump gets this mind control over you and says, I got to go to Kenosha and shoot people. Not his intent. The gun was to protect himself. Gun was to protect himself. Wouldn't you agree? <laughs> He helped people, removed graffiti. And we got these liberals calling him vigilante, radicalized Trump supporter, going to shoot people, going to kill people. Black privilege is real in this country, by the way, because if those two people he shot would have been black in self-defense, the same exact style. Can you imagine what would have happened at that point? Unbelievable. Remember when I said, hold my beer, Kyle Rittenhouse to Nicholas Sandman? It's already starting. Kyle's mom, and aren't mamas all the same? Kyle's mom was on Sean Hannity recently, and she was talking about defaming. 
And they put all this stuff in writing. The defamation is all in writing. The media goes on TV, so we we got the clips. They record it all on TV, saying what they say about this guy. I was angry. President Biden don't know my son whatsoever, and he's not a white supremacist. He's not a racist. And he did that for the votes. And I was so angry for a while at him. And what he did to my son, he defamed him. Defame can influence a jury. A jury is not closed off from the world, right? A jury member is not closed off from their phone and social media and everything. They see stuff like this, like what the media is saying. They see all this stuff. We, After the show, we will continue to monitor the verdict. We will be going live on, on Facebook.com slash The Buff Show Orlando. You can join us there after the show is over where we will be going into this. We're going to go ahead and take a break right now and go with our regular guests that we have scheduled on the show. A lot of great discussion coming ahead. But the verdict coverage will be on Facebook.com slash The Buff Show Orlando. You stay with us. We'll be right back on The Buff Show. Liam Fitzpatrick's Restaurant and Irish Pub in Lake Mary. Happy hour every day of the week and all day Sunday. Dollar off drafts and house wines. $2 off well liquors. And Liam Fitzpatrick's has tons of special events. Tonight, half pound burgers for just five bucks. Wednesday's wing night, 75 cents each from four to close and live music. Liam Fitzpatrick's mentioned the buff show and get 10% off your order. Liam Fitzpatrick's Restaurant and Irish Pub in Lake Mary. LiamFitzpatrick's.com. Get ready to take down a phone number and website address. Everybody's talking about solar, specifically about solar electricity. And there are a lot of bold claims being made about it. Maybe someone told you that a one-size-fits-all solar system will work for you. You can go off the grid. You can create a power plant on your roof and retire from selling the extra energy back to your power company. Or maybe you saw the TikTok claiming the government's giving away free solar. The list goes on. All Solar is committed to working with homeowners directly to offer them a dose of reality. All Solar Energy has been providing Floridians with solar pool heat, solar electric, and other energy reduction products since 1999. In addition to homeowners, All Solar is the number one choice for roofing companies, property management firms, national sales teams, and even other solar companies. To learn what's really possible and if solar will even work for you, call them or go to their website and request a free energy evaluation. Spend some time with an expert and get all your questions answered about your specific energy saving needs. Learn about how you can reduce your electric bill before you consider solar. Make a fully informed decision so you don't have regrets down the road. What do you have to lose? Here's their number, 866-412-4218. And the website, www.allsolarenergy.com. Welcome back to The Buff Show, 94.9 FM, AM 950, The Anso Orlando. Matt Buff, your host in the Liam Fitzpatrick studio. Great to be with you. A lot of us as parents are looking around and saying, you know, we found out during the stay-at-home orders where our schools uh, were not open, we were looking at the monitors and going, what the heck is this stuff? And we didn't really get the civics information we needed. And so we're like, how can we do more of this at home? Well, we've got a special guest to talk about this for our weekly Heritage Foundation uh uh, se- uh, segment. Catherine uh, Cornell Gorka, Director of Civil Liberties and the American Dialogue at the Heritage Foundation. Katie, great to have you on the Buff Show. Hey, so good to be here. Well, I got to start with the, your Twitter uh, feed that you had, and it just really cracked me up when we followed you. And we encourage everybody to to follow Catherine at, uh, at Gorka Katie, all right? G-O-R-K-A Katie. But you, you had this funny tweet where you said, just re- reading through all the parts of the Constitution that gave OSHA the broad sweeping authority to issue federal vaccine mandates, and you compiled all of them in one place. And I really appreciate you taking the time to do that, but it was a blank piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. Unfortunately, I can't take credit for it. I think I was retweeting somebody. But there you go. And this is what the courts are going to find as well. I'm sure that that the Biden administration did not have the authority to do this. So we'll see what happens. 
Well, thank you for retweeting medical freedom, standing up for medical freedom. A lot of folks, fine folks at the Heritage Foundation are working very hard to get that information out there. So we really appreciate that because it's just unbelievable what we're seeing with those mandates. Unbelievable. Yeah, it is. And I have to say, you know, Heritage has really taken a strong stand on this, which which I'm really glad for. And it, and just to be clear, you know, nobody here is saying don't get vaccinated, but they're saying let's keep the government in its lane. This is not the role for the federal government. So uh, let's protect our freedoms. Well, I like how you said that, because in our early dialogue in this conversation, not one of us said anything about vaccines. <laughs> we were talking about mandates. But yes, when we come to that vaccine mandate, we don't want the government to tell us. We want that to be a personal choice. If you get vaccinated, fantastic. That's great for you. Yeah. And I like how you said that, because it's all about the legal aspects of the mandates, for sure. Yeah. And so let's move on to your article and your, your piece that you had on the... Um, Heritage Foundation that was really uh, important that I think everybody said. Um, it's in the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, too. We'll post the link on thebuffshow.com. Civic starts at home. When you were talking about the election results in, in Virginia and wherever and everywhere else demonstrating, many parents are upset with how American history and civics are being taught in schools. I mean, this has been a passionate, passionate discussion in school boards and at the kitchen tables. What compels you to write this article is what you saw in the classrooms. What are some of the solutions that you came up with? Yeah. Um, well, I, you know, and I think the, the 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 point I made is that there are so many great things going on across the country. I'm actually really optimistic. I think it's a kind of great awakening the way parents are getting engaged in education in ways that they've never been in my lifetime. But as I said, I think it's going to take a while for this to work its way through the school systems and we still have a fight ahead of us. So my argument is parents should take this into their own hands. Bring these conversations into the home. Look, when you think about our kids and where they're getting their information from, they're getting it from their phones, from their social media, from their sometimes their very progressive leftist teachers. Um, we need to counter that message. I cannot believe what a strong anti-American message, anti-free market message is being fed to our kids. You know, right now, in a lot of respects, the home is going to be the only source of truth for a lot of these kids. And so parents need to be talking about what America means, what freedom is, how precious it is, how great this country is, and how different it is from other countries. So that's why I felt really strongly about it. And I made the point, I think it's so easy to do these days. I posted something called the Living Civics Map, uh, which is a heritage project. Going to visit you know, local historic sites is a really fun way for parents to teach kids about history and civics. But I'm also a big advocate for family history. Um, this is a great way to make our story personal for kids. And honestly, with Thanksgiving coming up, there's no better time. Um, what a great gift to children to hear the stories of the family from parents, grandparents, and great-grandparents. This is a great chance for that. That is an excellent point right there. And you're talking about family trips. I remember when I was younger, we went to see all the Civil War sites. And if you if you really look at it, between a few states, there's a great roadmap to tour the entire history of the Civil War and see actual sites, including battlefields and memorials and things like that. And that stuck with me my whole life. I think that's a phenomenal idea. There should be there's plenty of resources out there to do things like that with your family. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And it's it's just it's just good all around, you know? And I think that, you know, especially today, all right, today is a little bit of a special day because today Nicole Hannah Jones comes out with her new six hundred and something page version of the sixteen nineteen project, which for those who don't know, is an attempt to rewrite American history saying we fought the American Revolution in order to defend slavery, which is just ridiculous. And the, the way we push back on, on these kinds of lies about our history is to emphasize the ways Americans have come together to fight for things like the end of slavery and like the end of the Jim Crow laws. And there's no better way to do that than going around to some of the historic sites, as you said. I love that. 
No, it's a great time. And, and all over our country, they have a roadmap for you to follow. And you can even listen to audio on it. And it's a great it's a great thing. But when you talk about the 1619 Project, the last thing we need is more revisionist history to make young kids feel bad. My 10-year-old, Katie, came up to me and goes, why is it always about my fault? And I said, it's not your fault. And you talk about civics. We sat down and discussed everything that that assignment talked about. You just have to take the time as a parent sometimes. And I know it's tough with all the garbage that's being thrown at them. But revisionist history is not the answer. And making little kids feel bad is definitely not an answer either. Amen to that. Um, and I tell you what, African-American families are just as upset by it because they don't want their kids being told that no matter what they do, they will always fail and they will always be victims because this country is systemically racist. So I'm telling you, there is an uprising across the country from all colors, all ethnicities against this false narrative about the country and against this victimhood narrative. So talk about the director, your director position at the Civil Society and American Dialogue at the Heritage. What does that entail? Because we really like the way your conversations go because you're trying to see all angles here. Yeah, so I, I think it's a, it's a number of different things. One is we work to support all the parents around the country that are stepping up to take responsibility for their kids' education. I mean, a lot of what we do is at Heritage is provide really... Um, well-grounded information that's going to support these grassroots efforts. Um, and I'll just give you one really interesting example. So one of my colleagues, Jay Green, just came out with a really extraordinary paper on the rise of what are called chief diversity officers in K through 12 education. This is happening. In, it's not just in colleges, right? The diversity and equity officers, but it's happening in our K through 12. People need to be aware of this. But importantly, what he found is Having a chief diversity officer in a K through 12 school doesn't just, it not only does it not narrow the achievement gap for minority students, it actually widens the achievement gap. So it's just an all out waste of resources. Parents need this kind of data to know how to fight for the right things. Some of these diversity officers you're talking about are pushing in some schools on the West Coast in this country to get rid of D's and F's. And they say they're doing it to protect minority children. Isn't that pandering in the worst kind of level saying you're too stupid to get a C? I mean, what kind of message is that? To You mentioned the black families about how they're always being treated like victims. Eventually, they have to stand up and we see some of them doing it in the school board meetings. We see people of all races doing it in the school board meetings. But to remove standards in education, that doesn't help anybody. Well, and you're you're absolutely right. And that's exactly why having chief diversity officers actually widens the achievement gap, because what it does is, you know, aside from things like lowering standards and, and delivering this message of victimhood and you can't achieve anything because you're black, it actually um, diverts resources away from things that are really effective, like top quality teachers and top quality materials and top quality equipment and technology and puts it into the you know, leftist progressive projects like diversity and equity training and Ibram Kendi at $25,000 an hour. I got to ask you a question about this because people look at this and go, my goodness, now I see why there's a spike in homeschooling. But for the parents that want to keep the social aspect of their kids going with friends and they don't want to stay home from their friends and it's just it can be unhealthy if you don't really devote all of the attention it needs to homeschooling what do you say to the parents about what they can do you mentioned a lot of great information on the heritage.com on the heritage foundation that they can use but what else can they do to make sure their kids are going to be on the right track against diversity officers and the such <laughs> right well, I have to say at the most basic level, I think it's really important for parents to have conversations with teachers. Let teachers know what you care about, what you're concerned about. You know, teachers actually are not so uniformly bad as we often paint them no, out to not. be. No, they're um, not. So I think engaging with teachers, engaging with your child's education, I have to say right now, it is super important for parents to be looking at all the content that their kids are being given. We're seeing a lot of really bad content um, in libraries and in, in reading materials. Uh, you know, it's not just in, in like social studies and civics classes, it's in English classes, math classes. 
And if parents see things that they don't like, they need to speak up. They have a right to speak up. I think that's the most important message. You know, a lot of times parents are afraid because they feel like teachers are the experts and who's a parent, you know, to, to, to know what to do with education. But, you know, the bottom line is parents are the number one experts in the lives of their children and they need to step up and not be afraid to fill that role. There's parental advisory groups, there's PTA, and you, a lot of parents might be surprised that a lot of teachers actually agree with them. They just have a curriculum that they're being forced to follow and trying to do what they can with it. There's a lot of them that are, are really good. It's When you go to the school board or you go to the national school board, there's where you find the problems and it gets really political. Catherine Gorka, thank you so much for joining us. Everybody check her out on the Heritage Foundation. We really appreciate the time. And tell Sebastian we said hello. Thanks for having me. I will. Thank you. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back right here on The Buff Show. You stay with us. Action Plus Pressure Cleaning is the official pressure washing company of The Buff Show. While Matt's doing the dirty work on the show, Action Plus Pressure Washing has been doing the dirty work for the last 15 years in Central Florida. They use a soft wash system to clean pool enclosures, driveways, pool decks, houses, and commercial property. They even clean large and small parking lots and buildings. Wow! Action Plus offers other services such as lawn maintenance, one-time service to weekly service, mowing, weeding, edging, and trimming, and hauling away debris. You can get more than one service, and they offer bundle pricing. Check out their weekly, bi-weekly, and monthly services for lawn maintenance and ask about their free standard two-driveway with house wash services. Family-owned and operated, get your free estimate at actionpluspressurecleaning.com or call 386-506-1048. That's 386-506-1048. Action Plus Pressure Cleaning. They aim to please. Since 2012, Cellular Tronics has been providing Central Florida with the best phone repair and electronics repair. We fix all electronics from iPhone, Samsung, Sony, and many more. We also do TV repair and fix your tablets. Right now, you can get a glass back cover for the iPhone 8 to an iPhone X for only $95. iPhone 11 and up, back covers are only $120. We have two locations to serve you in Sanford and DeBerry. Visit Cellulartronics.com or call 407 407- 707-302-3396. That's cellulartronics.com or 407-302-3396. Welcome back to The Buff Show, 94.9 FM, AM 950, The Answer, Orlando. Matt Buff, your host in the Liam Fitzpatrick studio. There's a lot of evil in the world. You see it. I see it. We all see it. And sometimes it gets really out of hand. And when you go to the Catholic Church, they have people that deal with that specifically. Well, we have the person, you've heard him on the show before, who's dealt with this more than anybody else in America. Monsignor Stephen J. Rossetti. The book is Diary of an American Exorcist. Stephen, it's great to have you back on the Buff Show. Great to see you. It's my pleasure, Matt. Okay, so we got the book we want to talk about. But in the meantime, you have a show coming out on the History Channel that's going to be actually produced by William Shaner. Is that correct? It's true. Uh, he's doing something on the whole uh, issue and the, the reality of the devil in the world. So what is that show uh, really going to dive into that a little bit for us, too? And what is your role on that show? Well, I think they're not only looking at a historical perspective, but, you know, is the devil real today? I mean, is Satan really a, uh, a real being and alive in our world today? And as you implied, I mean, we, we see his footprints everywhere. Some of the signs of Satan's presence are uh, chaos, uh, violence, uh, discord, and uh, really a hatred of anything evil. Any, excuse me, anything good. Evil hates that which is good. So, and I think you see that in this country today. I mean, you know, when I was growing up, People didn't shoot each other in, in schools and, and innocent people. The level of discord in this country and chaos is uh, incredible. So I'm not a negative person, but I think the footprints of Satan are very strong today. When you look at Twitter, even, I mean, you're talking about school shootings, but yes. You talk about evil in the streets, yes. But you look at Twitter and just some of the vile hate right. that is perpetrated and it's very interesting. If I go on Twitter and say something conservative, like, you know, I'm not a fan of Joe Biden or I don't like Kamala Harris. I get called like I'm evil. I get called all these names yeah. by people that have evil in their heart. It's just very strange 
the level of hate that we're seeing from social media to the schools that you're talking about. Yeah, the anger and the rage. It's demonic. I mean, really, uh, Satan's in a rage. Uh, he, he hates and he's out to destroy. Uh, and I, we see so much of this today. You know, I, I think that, I mean, once political party is fine, I, I'm not a political person, but we should be charitable towards those on the other side of the aisle. We need to treat each other with respect and dignity. That's what the Lord asked, you know, love your neighbor. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And when you look at people that have the hate in their hearts mm. and the way they interact with other people, do you feel like that just emboldened Satan? Do you think he's really oh. emboldened right now? Is oh, no, that why he's so angry? I was just speaking with a, a team member of our Exodus team this morning, and I said, uh, anger uh, feeds the demons. For example, he was really angry at some of the things that demonic were doing, and he, he, he wanted some uh, this sort of revenge. I said, no, no, you, you can't even hate demons. Demons feed off anger. And one of the things we do in an exorcism is we try to help the person let go of their anger in their lives and forgive those who have harmed them as Jesus forgave on the cross. When we forgive others, let go of the rage, uh, then we find a sense of inner peace. Now, you've written the book Diary of an American Exorcist, and this is out and available everywhere, everybody. Amazon, uh, Sophia, uh, uh, anywhere books are sold, which is great. But um, it's really a, a remarkable read because of how many exorcisms you've actually done. How many total would you say at this well, point? Well, we have a team of three priests uh, doing doing this work and a variety of other priests helping. Uh, we have probably 20 sessions a week uh, of people. So we have a lot of people come through who have varying levels. Some are fully possessed, but most aren't. Most have what we call uh, oppression. They're, they have lesser forms, which are easier to deal with. But the good news is, thanks be to God, that uh, almost all of them have really found some freedom and liberation uh, uh, through the grace of God. Since you were on the show last, I've watched some videos, and it seems like some of the lower forms that you're talking about, there is still some people that speak other languages hmm. and um, talk in a different way. And, and a lot of them, some of the videos I saw, they're just so hateful when they're in this possession, a really peaceful person acting really hateful. I've seen a lot of that little stuff just come out in, in some of these videos that I've seen. Yeah, well, that's one of the signs that a person really does have a demonic presence when you pray, start praying over the person and then this really uh, raging evil presence comes forward in a way which is no human being could, could, could imitate that. It's a it's a demonic rage. And, and uh, for example, we had one guy who when he was manifesting, both of his entire, eye, entire eyeballs turned completely black. It looked like something out of a bad movie. Another yeah. one, for example, his eyes were, had normal eyes and then they became a serpent's eyes. They had these little black dots and yellow around them. You went, whoa. So, I mean, there are these things that happen which you, you really can't explain, but it only can be explained by uh, the presence of the demonic. And in the book, you talk about some of your background, too. Well, I'm a licensed psychologist, which, which helps a lot uh, because I have to discern the difference between someone who is uh, has psychologically disturbed, and many people who come to us are, versus those who really do have a demonic presence. And uh, that's important because if it's uh, a psychological problem, then they need to see a therapist and a psychiatrist. So the, the background is very important. And and if you read a lot about Monsignors, they do have a lot of a lot of them psychology degrees. But you also are in seminary. You, you have to learn all everything about the Bible. If all this evil is in the world, what is the best thing to combat it? Well, <laughs> it's important. Uh, people realize that's one of the things Hollywood gets wrong. They Some of those things they have in these exorcism uh, movies actually are accurate, but some of them are nuts. And and one of the big mistakes is they, they give you a sense that Satan and God are kind of equal. You know, that Satan's as powerful as God is. And sometimes he'll say that, but that's nonsense. He thinks he is, but he isn't. The, the reality is that God is God. There's only one God, omnipotent, uh, powerful God. And Satan's dust compared to God. And so uh, people say, well, you must be frightened by being an No, I know I'm not really. 
because the minute I hold up anything holy, I hold up a crucifix. Uh, I, uh, I, I've got my crucifix here that I use. When I hold up my crucifix, you know, that, uh, you know, the, the demons can't get out of the room fast enough. And on the back of this, by the way, is, is some relics of some famous saints, which, uh, again, being holy objects, they can't stand it. Or throw a little holy water on them. The day starts screaming. Uh, uh, Satan, uh, as powerful as he is, is nothing uh, compared to Christ and God. What are some of the first symptoms, if you if you don't mind saying that, symptoms uh, that you've seen in all these cases? What are some of the first things that people go through before an exorcist or before a demonic force really takes hold? What are the first signs? Uh, everyone's different, but typically the people come to us and say, "I'm possessed. I'm possessed. I'm possessed." You know, chances are they have a psychological problem, but other times. People will, strange things starts happening. We had one, here's a good, a good example. We had one woman who woke up one morning and she had these strange scratches on her. And she said, no, I didn't, I didn't cut myself or anything. I don't understand where these are coming from. And, uh, and then what happened was she started having what we call occult knowledge. She started knowing things about some of the priests around her, which she, there's no way she could have known that. She just, she, she knew what they were doing and what they were, uh, whatever. And so that, that was, that was uh, strange. And so we prayed over her, and then we had a little reaction, but not much. And then she started having more and more of this, and she said, and then, and then so she came in. We prayed over her. Her eyes rolled back, you know, the whites of her eyes. She, she flopped on the floor, and she started writhing in response to, to uh, these holy things. And so, uh, you know, sadly, she was possessed, but thank God she's been, been liberated. But I would say uh, occult knowledge, knowing things you shouldn't know, and uh, then uh, reacting to to holy things, uh, can't go into church. One person said that the Eucharist, the holy body and blood of Jesus, tastes to her like a dead animal. Went whoa, and 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 just and for another woman, for example, she she couldn't say the Our Father. She couldn't she couldn't say it, and he's just stuck in her. You know, so these signs of aversion to the sacred occult knowledge. Uh, strange scratches or bruises, whatever. Those are initial you know, signs. And then also leading into that is what are common tactics of Satan and his typical lies? I know the book really goes into this. Uh, well, Satan is out to destroy. That's one of the mistakes that young people are making today. I'm, I'm very concerned about some of our young people. When they're not getting a Christian training, they start turning to these other forms of, uh, of evil or occult. I mean, people practicing witchcraft, people doing paganism, uh, whatever. And some of them will say, well, I have a, we had several who were uh, joining a satanic cult. They thought Satan was a nice guy. Satan is not a nice guy. Satan is out to destroy and to kill. He doesn't make, he doesn't make friends. He doesn't share. You know, he, he's a complete narcissist and a, and a sociopath. So these people who are allying themselves with Satan don't realize that he is out to destroy. And that's what he's out to do. Chaos, destruction, and death. That's what he brings. And sometimes that's even subtle. Depression leading yeah. to death. That's what he wants. He wants you to feel so bad. And his victory is when you die. That's his victory because yeah. he's trying to claim your soul. Is that correct? Yes, he wants people to kill themselves. I mean, one of the signs of Satan's presence in one life, we call these demonic obsessions, where Satan's kind of talking in your ear. Now, he does that to everyone. He tempts everyone but in in more st strong cases powerful cases he will kind of get inside your head uh and then his messages are and these are the messages of satan if, if, if you hear these voices in your head it does not come from god you're you're an awful person there's no hope for you god doesn't care you know uh you're going to go to hell and you might as well kill yourself that's satan's message if you hear those voices, that doesn't come from what does God's message say? You know, you're loved. I love you. Your sins are forgiven. Uh, be at peace. Uh, trust in me and find life. Mm -hmm. So when when people are, uh, for example, we had a, uh, a young man come to us not long ago who was bombarded by these uh, horrible thoughts in his brain. And they were really kind of outsized compared to his normal, you know, psychological state. So 
we started praying over him and these things started dissipating fairly rapidly. They were what we call demonic obsessions, Satan's voice, you know, in your head. It's just um, a, a very strange ordeal and it's very despair. It's just mu it's so much despair in these people yeah. that yeah. we're talking about. Let's take a break real quick on the Buff Show. There's a lot more we want to dive into the book with. With Monsignor Stephen J. Rossetti, the book is Diary of an American Exorcist. Stay with us. A lot more to come on the Buff Show. We'll be right back. Veritas Tactical. Tactical, a family and law enforcement-owned company where you can get custom-built ARs with purpose-built precision. They have a full line of handguns like Glock, Sig Sauer, Smith & Wesson, and get your everyday carry items and accessories. Moreover, they are your liberty-safe dealer. Need training? Veritas Tactical has all you need from getting your CCW to advanced tactical courses, female survival courses, and force-on-force scenarios. Veritas Tactical has a full-time gunsmith on site, Sarah Coding Services, laser engraving and more. Mention the Buff Show and get a $25 discount on courses. You'll find Veritas Tactical at 207 North Goldenrod Road, Suite 200 in Orlando. Contact Veritas Tactical, 407-309-3000. 407-309-3000. And at VeritasTactical.com. Veritas Tactical. Tactical. Welcome back to the Buff Show. We're making that final turn around the corner there. The crowd chatting. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. We're heading into our final segment on the Buff Show on this Tuesday evening. Great to have you guys with us. We're going to jump right back into it. The book is Diary of an American Exorcist. We're on with Monsignor, Monsignor Stephen J. Rossetti on the Buff Show. It's great to have you with us. Phenomenal conversation right there. We're going to dive back into some of these stories, but also in the news, there's there's been some news about tattoos and things like that. You mentioned, I think, in another interview, and we talked uh, we talked about this, demonic tattoos. Mm. Demonic yeah. tattoos, can that lead to uh, possession? Well, it's, it's, it's a really bad idea. I've seen several of people tattooing demons on their shoulder. I've got pictures of them, like a huge uh, tattoo of a Kamenat, which is a horrible demon, or Baphomet. And I'm thinking to myself, why, why do you think that's a good idea? It's like branding yourself. It's like you're making yourself a cow. You're branding yourself to Satan. Say, I belong to Satan. And when you do that, uh, Satan's going to claim you. And this is a problem. Now, the good news is uh, we have a prayer on our app. We have an app, by the way, Matt, as you know, Catholic Exorcism. Download the app, Catholic Exorcism, or the website, catholicexorcism.org. There are lots of good prayers there. And one of the prayers for the lady there is how to decommission a tattoo. Basically, you, you put a, a holy oil, rub oil on it, and say some prayers because... You tattoo yourself to Satan. He's going to say, you know, you belong to me. Yeah, just like branding yourself is a great way to look at it. I mean, uh, what kind of person would want to do that? But it happens all the time. It happens a lot. And I'm just stunned. I mean, I, I, you, you think to yourself, how stupid is that? I mean, I used to, one of my new homilies, my basic homilies, you know, God is good and Satan is bad. Don't, don't kid yourself. Satan is bad. Witchcraft is bad. People, thousands of people are doing witchcraft thinking it's fun. No, the only power that comes from witchcraft comes from Satan. You might not think it is, but that's that's who you're channeling. You're channeling Satan. Absolutely. Now, sometimes you get the false flags, false calls. Sometimes it, it is not a possession. How can you tell the difference between a possession and not a possession? Well, again, it helps to be a psychologist. You know, I mean, I go through the uh, lots of times it's a psychological disorder, uh, sadly. Uh, but we can find help for them. We send a Catholic therapist or Christian therapist, you know. Um, so you, you, you turn the difference. And then there are certain uh, you know, hallmarks of Satan's presence. You know, the, the, the rage. Uh, again, I mentioned earlier the, the occult knowledge. Uh, hatred the sacred uh but that look in the eyes that murderous look you, you know it that it, uh, it's unnerving really to see the satanic look and the murderous look of satan you know you, we we call it the look we start praying over yeah. people and all of a sudden you see this thing come forward you go whoa you know this this is demonic and how do you help the people that are not possessed do you get them in another direction yeah 
Well, we, we have a bunch of therapists uh, who are on, on call. We have a wonderful psychiatrist who uh, does his pro work pro bono for us. So we're very grateful for these professionals who help us. So, and actually, even if someone is possessed or oppressed, they often need some psychological work at the same time. So typically, they'll be, we'll be praying over the person and we'll have them go to a therapist. Now, not all demons are the same. No. In all these years that you've been doing this, there's a hierarchy, isn't there? Yes. Well, we know there's a hierarchy of angels. God created that. We, we, we believe there's nine choirs of angels. Or some are more powerful than others. St. Michael is on top, you know. Yeah. Uh, but when the angels fell, that's what demons are. They're angels who rebelled and rejected God. Uh, they kept their hierarchy. Some are stronger, more powerful, and more intelligent. Uh, so the younger, the younger, the, the lower ones are, are, I mean, they're not to be trifled with, but they're less of a problem. But you get some of the higher ranking demons and some of the more well-known ones and you're, you got your hands full. Now, when you first had your first encounter, you knew everything in the first minute. Mm. Talk about that. Well, I, I, I tell people that as a seminarian, I learned about 80% of what an exorcist needs to know, which is true. I was lying in bed. I was not asleep. And all of a sudden, you know, there's this evil force just attacked me. And I went, oh. you know, it's, I, I, it never happened before. But by God's grace, I knew exactly what it was. I was being attacked by a demon. And, and the, the speed and the power of a demon were, were, was uh, remarkable. I mean, I knew I was going to be overwhelmed almost instantly. So I, I lunged out of my bed and grabbed a holy object. In this case, we, we talked about our prayer beads, the rosary, the prayer beads. So I grabbed my prayer beads from the mother of Jesus, and I, which is basically grabbing onto the power of Christ. And when I grabbed onto those beads, Satan just flew out of the room. So I learned that by myself, I, I'm, I cannot defeat Satan. He's, he's way too fast, way too powerful. But with God's grace and God's help, he's God. That was an encounter with Lucifer. Well, some demon, I don't know which one it was, but I, I, uh, uh, we, we have as encountered Lucifer once in, in one of our uh, sessions. Satan we, himself, talk about the difference. Yeah. Well, I mean, my, lots of times the demons will, will, you ask them their name, you command them to tell the name, which helps you to get rid of them. And sometimes they'll use the name uh, Lucifer, but it's not really, I mean, it's, they're just using his name. But the one side, the worst case I ever had, uh, matter of fact, I said, in Jesus' name, I command you to tell me who the leader of this demonic cohort is. He said, you're not ready for this, Rosetti. It's the king of hell himself, and you're way out of your league as Lucifer. And I said, well, you know, I am way out of my league, but it's not out of Jesus' league. And in Jesus' name, I command you to leave. <laughs> you know, so, so, I mean, and it was a fight. I mean, I've got to admit, it was uh, uh, Lucifer himself is, again, not to be trifled with, uh, extremely in powerful, intelligent, and uh, cunning and uh, uh, ugly. But, but again, compared to God, he, he's gone. I read in your book some of the stories, and, and that is just awful. I mean, hmm. did you, first of all, did you get goosebumps at that moment? I mean, what, what, what came over you when he said Rosetti? <laughs> they always call me Rosetti. They don't call me Father Rosetti or Monsignor Rosetti or they don't call me Steve. They, 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 it's just, they way of kind of, kind of dissing you and just saying basically you're, we're, 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 we're bigger than you are. We're, we're tougher than you are. So they just call me Rosetti, you know. So I know I, I think there's probably a grace involved that's um, of being a priest and exorcist. Uh, there really is a grace to, to the Lord watches over us because uh, they're always threatening me. We're going to get you. We're going to do this. We're, I was uh, flying in a, a plane. They said, you're going to we're going to crash your airplane. Uh, they're always threatening me somehow. But the Lord, uh, the Lord protects me. That's great. With angels, you always see them looking out for each other, looking out for you. Angels bring peace. We love angels. In your, in your book, demons fight with each other. Oh, they beat each other up. I mean, you know, the, 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 the Satan's kingdom, which Jesus smashed, by the way, on the cross, uh, is, you know, I, it's kind of like the Darth Vader, I sort of the rule of, of uh, management. You know, it's just it's it's power force and they don't. There's no friendships in hell. They all hate each other. Uh, and one time I was, the demons were getting weaker, so I made them tell me 
the truth about several things we need to know and from the exorcism. And finally, the demons clammed up. They said, we can't tell you anymore. I said, why not? He said, because the other demons will beat us up. Uh, and that's several times that's happened where the lower ranking demons uh, re, uh, don't want to say anything because they know they'll get beaten up by the higher ranking demons. Are these demons still in hell and this is a mental ups- uh, or is, is it physical? Uh, this, is, this is a tough question. First of all, demons have no bodies. They're spiritual beings. Angels have no bodies, so they're not here or there based like materially like we are, like a body. They act in a place. As a spiritual being, they act in a place. So if someone's possessed, they're acting in in that person. Are they still in hell? Yes, because hell is a state of of rejecting God and being cast out from God. So yes, they're still in that state of uh, being uh, cast away from the Lord. uh, But at the same time, they can be acting in different places. Very interesting. The book is Diary of an American Exorcist, Demons, Possession, and the Modern-Day Battle Against Ancient Evil. In the movies, they act like it's so so in the past, but mm. there's incidents where you've seen somebody being choked by these guys. Oh, they're often choked. That's a, that's a very common. As a matter of fact, that's one of those uh, major signs. In the midst of a session, they'll, they'll be choking the person. Now, they they can't kill the person. Demons can't kill you directly or maim you. So, but nobody's I, died from possession, uh, not directly from a possession. Now they might kill themselves, whatever, which the demons want you to do. But right. the, the, the Satan can't kill you. But they'll choke you. And matter of fact, I was in a session where the you know the person that was possessed and and started choking me, and I started graying out. You know, I started you know, so it got to be a bit of a fight. I mean. You try to keep people safe, but sometimes it's difficult. Uh, but yeah, they'll choke people for sure. It's like animals choking, you know, grabbing your throat with their jaws. They're trying to establish their dominance, and it's frightening. When you're choked, you're, it's frightening. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying, trying to uh, frighten you and, and beat you into submission. Well, the first thing you would do is try to remove the hands from you, but they're not there. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh Yeah. Yeah, but uh, but uh, yeah, they do choke people uh, regularly, and they do they'll do whatever that God allows them to do. And then some people say, "Well, God wouldn't allow them to do that." Well, uh, He does. He allows, and He allows human beings to do all sorts of ugly things to each other. So, you know, it's called free will. Free will. What do you want mo- people to get the most out of your book when they buy this? Here's a. By the way, you can get it at Sophia Institute Press too, as well as well those other places you mentioned. But I would say this about the book. Uh, a sense of peace and confidence. Uh, we we uh, we feel that people get frightened by these things, but you need to be have the armor. You have, you, don't, you can't go into a fight unarmed, and the arm with the armor is Christ. We say Jesus smashed Satan's kingdom. So I'm not frightened. We have Jesus; He's going to protect us. But if you're, if, you're, if you're not armed, you're not protected. Could be a problem. You'll you'll be vulnerable. Monsignor Stephen J. Rossetti, thank you so much for breaking all this down on The Buff Show. We want people to have peace in their lives, and we encourage them. Pick up this book, and then also pick up the Bible. Indeed. (laughs) Indeed. Matt, God bless you and all those listening. All right. Thank you so much. And that'll do it for this evening's edition of The Buff Show. We'll see you guys soon. Stay smart out there. Guns, hope patriot. God being patriot. Pricing why they mad. Because I'm real and they be faking it. Free speech advocate. It's on my mind. I'm saying it. I'm about to buy another gun and ain't nobody taking it. Gun, toting, Bible reading. God believing truth. Speaking American. This magazine. Democrat.